Hey, welcome back. It's BLK, Silence Makes Me Cry, and this is our Whoa, Good Music from the 80s episode, so enjoy. Do you, want me to, do you want me to lead you at all, or do you want to talk about the fact that they're the, they had eight in the top 100? <laughs> all right, so old, I mean, I'm just saying so, some of the biographical things that are, like, straight off the Wikipedia page, but are, um, this is a precursor to Crowded House. You know Crowded House? Mm-hmm. Sort of. Not really hate that. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. Yeah, yeah I got, I got Yeah. You. Um... So it was uh, Neil Finn, Tim Finn, two brothers that were in split ends, and then I guess Neil Finn went off into Crowded House. But um, and this song I heard because John Bryan uh, played it on kind of a similar themed kind of show, and just yeah, just like really got me to listen to the movements of the chords and a little less to the gating on the drums and stuff, which is what I normally get hung up on. Well, and, and I think it's important to say too that. One thing about the 80s, they all kind of followed the pop format. Like, I don't think we're going to see any songs that are 12-minute epic journeys here. Yeah. I mean, Yes was still recording in the 80s, so can never count them out. <laughs> that is true. But even they, even they yeah, they, they got down to Owner of a Lonely Heart. That was probably under five minutes. Yeah, it's got it. I mean, that was like, that was right when, when MTV was coming out. Uh, you know, radio was probably in a pretty good, pretty good uh, mix then. So you had to you had to think of all the different sensibilities there. Mm. Uh, what else? Fuck my ass. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's all I got. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm glad we started the song over. Oh well, all right. So the I, I still don't know how to say it. The Waiita. It had, they had a whole, a whole idea. If you find this album, it's got a bunch of different color schemes depending on the country that you get it in, like Australia, New Zealand, UK, US. Not exactly sure exactly what the color schemes were, but they had an idea that whatever the album title that they called it in New Zealand, it means singing and songs, I think, is like a rough translation. So that every uh-huh. country that it was released in, it was going to have a different album title in every country. Gotcha. And, and thus, yeah, the artwork was going to be different in each country, but they, they only did it for Australia and New Zealand. Interesting. Yeah. That's is it? Yeah. Is it, Jay? Sing song. Sing song. Songs. Songs. Sing. Stuff. Right. Uh, say, uh, okay, and so another uh, song that was released in 1980... Uh, was uh, the next band that we have coming up, which is uh, Squeeze, Pulling Muscles from a Shell, or from the Shell. No, I think it's uh, Pulling Muscles for Michelle. For Michelle? Dead. It's dedicated to uh, uh, an ex-girlfriend of one of the band members. Well, that makes a lot more sense, because I, I uh, when, when looking up a little bit about this song, I found out that Pulling Muscles is a little bit of a naughty euphemism. Is it? Over in, over in the UK. Uh, enlighten me. I don't. Know. I don't know. So I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of out of school or anything, <laughs> but I think it means having sex, John. Oh, some of that little. And, 
and and it's it's kind of funny because I was I was really hoping the song uh, from the squeeze or, or squeeze uh, take me I'm yours was, mm-hmm. was going to be released in the in the eighties but yeah that earlier. and uh, cool for cats was was a couple years too early so here we have pulling muscles which I think I hope everybody has heard at some point uh, and it's from uh, RG Bargy uh, that was released in 1980. RG Bargy. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this playlist is taking us across the pond a little bit. Uh, there's there's going to be a lot of UK bands on this on this playlist. Yeah, I know. Now that I'm looking at it, yeah, it's it's more than half British. I guess that that new wave, uh, the the wave of new wave uh, hit Britain pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Spoiler alert, there's not a lot of uh, New York New Wave. There was a lot of good stuff with that, but it looks like neither of us really went that route. <laughs> that is true, I guess. I guess we were looking for something. I, I mean, I, I'd like to keep my New York a little bit more grimy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll wait, I'll, I'll wait till we can talk about the... I guess we could have talked about the Ramones, but we didn't. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm, I'm just thinking like Talking Heads, Blondie... Um, I put television on on an early master list of this, but their album that uh, Marquee Moon came out. You know, late, I had a, late seventies. Yeah, and I had a Blondie tune, and then it kind of got it got bumped by some other stuff. So. Well, and you know, some of that stuff, like the the Talking Heads that I tend to like, and Blondie is is kind of like I think Parallel Lines might be seventy eight or seventy nine. So all that stuff might have been just on that cusp of late seventies, maybe into the eighties, but. Not that they didn't have good stuff in the 80s, but... True. Yeah. Um, ooh. Jules Holland piano solo. So you do know Jules Jules Holland was in this band? Yes. Yes. Why? Well, I, I mean, this was, this was a song that I liked. Like, maybe just getting out of high school, so it was kind of like one of the songs that I would be like, well, there's at least one good song in the 80s. You know, Squeeze. <laughs> So, but then, then the Jules Holland, the, what is it, Live with Jules Holland, the really great music variety show that he does, I just never put two and two together. Like, that's the guy from Squeeze. That's that's the guy. That's why he, that's why people care. Yeah. I was like, who's this <laughs> asshole? I mean, he's got a great stage set up with the 360 turnaround and, yeah. I love that I never have to wait for an artist to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great format of a show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the I think Squeeze has. I, I just love their rhythm section, and I just I just think that they're just a really tight band overall. So, mm. uh, so you want to? We're we're coming to the end of. The, you know, this one's a little bit of a longer one. It's three minutes fifty nine seconds, and, and we're we're coming to the end of that. So, Jay, I got four minutes on my end. I don't know where you're getting. Uh, where are you losing a second? Well, because I'm a little particular, and I like to be specific. <laughs> Up next. We have uh, the Young Marble Giants. Have you had you ever heard of them previous to this? I had not. Um, they were. I don't. Did you ever see that handwritten list that Kurt Cobain wrote of like top? I almost want to say it was a hundred. Talking about the top one hundred, um, but it was a top something albums of all time for him. And there was you know like the Vaseline's were on there and did, a bunch did, of stuff. Is that and I, the... Didn't he also make a tape to go along with that? 
Maybe. I, I know, yeah, R.E.M. was on there, Vaseline's, Young Marble Giants are the three that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, from whenever I found that, I basically went through and just kind of sampled all that stuff, and this really jumped out. It's just an odd female vocal bass and guitar, and there's no percussion, really. Sometimes there's, like, drum machines, but it's just a really kind of stripped down. This is the first album they did in Colossal Youth, 1980. Yeah, when I when I, when you put it on the list and I and I checked it out to pre, like kind of pre-screen it, I guess is what what you can call it. Mm-hmm. I, I I ended up really liking it and uh, yeah, it's it's just a really cool tune that that it doesn't fit the mold of of what was going on around that time. Yeah, I think that's going to be a theme with this too. It's just uh, I mean I guess the squeeze song was of that era a little bit, but some of this stuff is a little outside the box where it isn't really a time specific you know like it just this is so stripped down it's kind of hard to really place it in a certain time it could have been recorded early 70s or you know last year yeah it definitely doesn't have that that the new wave feel that we were just talking about or any or any of like the kind of outlandish other other styles of the 80s that 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 we see and super short yeah two minutes boom and I'm really excited about this song, John. So thank you for adding it. Yeah, how did you um, come across it? I heard about it on um, the podcast "Beautiful Anonymous" that you shared with me. Oh yes, I yes, I should have made a note about that because I heard. Um, yeah, was it was it the one with the guy with the open in the record store? Yeah, so the 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 dude from Culture Clash was calling in. Uh, and they were talking about music, and if anybody listens to that podcast, uh, it's a it's a pretty cool show. It's got a it's got a unique unique format to it. Um, but the host of that show, Chris Gethard, uh, who's also a comedian, uh, is a big Morrissey fan, uh, which is kind of funny because John and I were talking about this the other day, and that Billy Bragg is kind of the tough Morrissey, <laughs> and, that, and that Morrissey. You know, he'll he'll never punch you in the face, but I think you know, I I think Billy Bragg might might throw a beer at you or or, or take you outside. <laughs> but it's a really cool tune, and uh, it's it, it's one of those. Um, he, I I think he's a good storyteller. Uh, you know, listening to this, listening to the song, and if you actually listen to the lyrics, I think anybody who's in that in that stage of their life when they're you know, uh, college age or, or, or high school that, you know, lost a girlfriend or looking for something, what they're doing. I think this song would really speak to them. And I, and I just think it's a really cool stripped down. Uh, I, I think it's just him and a, him and a guitar, like the whole, the whole time and, and the whole album. album too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a cool, cool feel to it. And, and he's just a, a pretty cool songwriter. And I mean, I, you know, we won't, we won't talk about his politics just because, I think he's he's really heavy into some some super left stuff, but uh, yeah, we'll save that for the political podcast. Yeah, that, that'll be that'll be on our other podcast of uh, I don't even I don't even know what we would call it. Well, that one was uh, a little too short to yeah, say a much two, more. That's a two minute one too. So mm-hmm. you know what? These balance out that yes, six minute six minute rock opera that we might hear from yes. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the things thing those two songs have in common is no percussion so there's not a lot of uh you know there's no soloing no extraneous yeah. uh yeah musical interludes it's just all just straight song in and out yeah that's true so uh next next tune is is a, is, a, is a, i think this is what they call a jock jam dude not cool so uh yeah had you had you heard of them have i gone on about prefab sprout before no, I, I had heard of them. Um, I, I, I just, you know, you know how I am. I, I, I prejudge a book by its cover all the time. So I, I did not listen to them because the name is, is not something I would, I would get into. <laughs> yeah, I have no, I, I feel like I've looked into what the name, where it came from, but I, I still don't have any idea. But it's, it's, it's yeah, it's an odd set of words. It just sound, sounds like a, like a kid's book or something. Yeah. Um, so this, yeah, and, and a lot of these are going to be a little tied to, um, in San Antonio, there's a store that I go to, Hogwild Records, and Steve, the manager there, is like a guy that, you know, I've been going to that store for five or six years now, and just going, man, I'm just not really into the 80s, and he's like, you know, maybe 10, 15 years older than me, so that was like, that was like his 90s for me. Or, so you're yeah. insulting his coming of age, basically. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah, maybe the second or third time I talked to him in the store, I was just like, I don't like anything from the 80s, so like, don't even try and sell me on it. So, the prefab sprout was one that I was just like, whoa, like this, this is this is something. So, like, give me more like this. Um, but yeah, the lead singer Patty Macaloon's like kind of a he cites like Gershwin and uh, Burt Bacharach and stuff. Like, he's just more of a hipster. Nailed. So can you can you please tell the title of the song so people don't think I'm an idiot for my joke? Oh yeah, oh jock yeah. No, I mean I knew I knew what you were getting at with the jock jams, but I was just yeah, yeah we're gonna cut that out. <laughs> I never play basketball now, but it's a it's a reference to things that you'll never do again. You know, just there's just certain things you move on in your life. You never go back. I never play basketball now. And this this was the uh, main inspiration for the Faith No More song Midlife Crisis. Jesus, Jay, come on! What? what? Did I just spill song the beans? About growing old. <laughs> <laughs> Man, did we not put any angel dust or uh, any real thing on here? No, we didn't put any any faith no more on this. So that kudos to you and me. Well, good thing we can't adjust this in real time and edit it. Yeah. Well, I just didn't want people getting mad at us because because they hate they hate anything faith no more. Well, we're gonna do the whole patent podcast. That's true. But I'm, I'm just going to add everything from Who Cares a Lot. So this is Prefab. <laughs> prefab <laughs> Sprout. <laughs> Don't do that, please. Prefab Sprout. Yeah, Swoon. So it's their first album. They had another album after this um, that was called Steve McQueen in the UK and Two Wheels Good in the US that was produced by Thomas Dolby of uh, She Blinded Me with Science fame. But this is the album I prefer. Just, yeah, just really... Great songwriting, but I also really love the interplay between the bass and guitar. Yeah, it's a it's a cool song. I'm, I'm very thank you yeah. for uh, thank you for making me listen to it. Yeah, busy bass, and we're on to some more busy bass. Yeah, and a little, you know what? You know how I love the 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 mathy stuff. Oh, I, I thought you were gonna like say you, you love that? the meat. You love the meat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, th- this is yeah. It's it. it we're recording this on a Wednesday, John. 
end. Well, I'm just saying that that's like a weekend thing. What the meat? Yeah, I just feel like this 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 guitar riff reminds me a lot of like the the DC stuff that you and I grew up with. Yeah, it sounds like Devin, like a medications bear cut. Yeah, you should talk yep. like you know him and are best friends with him. Well, I he accepted my friend request on Facebook, so. Oh, there, there you go. Well, no, I, that, are, it, are you friends with them on Facebook? No, I'm not at all. But it, oh. it, the the first thing I thought of when I heard it was the Farrakhan medication stuff. Yeah. Oh, so, so this I is like meat, this. meat puppets up on the sun. We need to get better at like announcing the songs up front. Yeah. Not well, everybody's only... like staring at the Spotify playlist as the podcast is going. This is only the second episode, so we'll get better. All these are just going to be logged, and you know the first one is going to be like our hundredth episode, like just like a retrospective, like just listen how unorganized and terrible this is. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, I do, I do think that uh, it's it's interesting to put the meat puppets on this playlist because uh, when I was younger, like a lot of people, probably thought the meat puppets were part of the grunge era, uh, you know, from the early nineties. They were in Nirvana. Yeah. Well. Were they in Nirvana, or was it just no, for the, no. the Unplugged? I was, I was making a joke. Yeah, they were on that um, Unplugged, and yeah, they, they actually covered three Meat Puppet songs for that Unplugged in New York. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that, that spurred them to, to a lot more popularity. I just, you know, up until about maybe three or four years ago, I didn't even know that they had a career before, like, 93. I know, yeah. Yeah, Backwater was a huge song, I think, in, yeah, in, in 93, like right around the taping of that that uh unplugged in new york but yeah that song is... was the shit <clears throat> i think excuse me i think this is like their third album 85 yeah. up on the sun yeah and they're they're clocking in with one of the longer songs today oh yeah this oh i love this Yeah, they're a little jammy. I mean, they're definitely, uh, they, got, they got kind of like a Grateful Dead thing going on a little bit, too. Well, then I could, I, I'll just dump it. I'll just, I'll just take it out of the podcast thing. Wait, what? I don't want, I don't want you or anyone else talking to me about the dead. <laughs> <laughs> there's two, there's two music atrocities that, that I commit on a daily basis. And, and the dead is one of them. And, uh, who knows? Maybe the second one will be uh, explored in a later podcast. What do you mean? I just I just don't like them. Well, Jay, you know maybe you just like haven't heard the right stuff. I just I just haven't haven't given them a chance. They you know, let they people just, they, they got let a lot of songs. Them. You know, you just probably haven't heard the right ones. Yeah. I I totally I totally get if you if that's what your thing is, go for it. But it's not not for me. No, I mean, they, yeah, they're not my thing either, but I, I like some of the, the, I don't know, like, I, there's certain bands sometimes where it's like, I like things that are X influenced, but I don't actually like listening to X. The, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm with you on that. Hmm. Like, what's the, uh, what's that jam band in Austin that, that I love? That, um, man. Me, me with the, we, me with the memory again. Oh, by the way, John, you'll be happy to know that I, I just uh, ordered. You taking your pants off again? <laughs> Is that really that audible? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, 
I mean, it's kind of funny. Unzipping my pants. No, it's my cooler, Jay. We already talked about this off hot. I, I tried to hide mine a little bit. I don't know if you heard my cooler bag. Heard that? Yeah. That hey, that that's called uh that's the sound of a good time. Oh yeah. So um yeah, what are you drinking? Uh I had I had a little smorgasbord. We had a house guest last weekend who brought a, a mixer of a sixer, as they say. Mm. And uh, I had a Kona Longboard Island Lager. A this might this might expose me as as having a little bit of a problem. I had a Kona Longboard Lager, <laughs> a Lagunitas Little Something Extra Ale. Uh, while I was setting up tonight, uh, after I got off work, I had a uh, whiskey ginger made with a uh, rye whiskey blend with a little bit of uh, bitters mixed in there and now I'm having a drinkable pale ale from Oscar Blues drinkable pa- what is what's the pale ale is that that's not the, I'd rather not say no it's it's a it's a standard it's it's just the uh, it's just the Dale's pale Oh yeah, I like the something, pale something ale. that's cheap at the old at the old grocery store because I live in Virginia, a Commonwealth that that sells it at the liquor store with your with your food. No, that's a good one. Um, you have the can in front of you. I do. Does it say uh, that what city it was brewed in? Was it is it a North Carolina, a Colorado, or a Texas Dales? Uh, let me check it out. This is a North Carolina. Mm, yeah, they um, yeah they they were. Boulder or Denver, I guess, and then, and then I saw that they opened up something in West North Carolina, and then I think they just opened up a, a brewery in Austin like the last year. Well, they're they're growing, yeah. and I had to. Had, sorry for my delay because I had to take my koozie out, my 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 koozie off the can. Mm. I know I had the same issue with the with the beers. I didn't want to have more than one type of beer while we were recording, just because it just sounded just. I'd rather just drink one thing and just say, oh, I'm drinking Founders All Day IPA. If you say you're drinking more than one thing, it, it gets a little hairy. Yeah. Well, especially, my, I, you and I are both on a little bit of a freedom week. Uh, uh, both the wives are out of town. Oh, sure. Yeah. I didn't, I, I saw a post of hers. I didn't know if she was coming or going. No, she left, she left today to, to head out to the uh, Pacific Northwest. And it's just me and the dog who keeps sighing like he's bored. So mm. <laughs> he's like, "Move on." Yeah, hopefully he's not he's not the uh, the target audience here. Next song. <laughs> Next song. All right. <laughs> Speaking of that, so what are you drinking, Founders? Uh, well, I was drinking Founders, and then I drank all of that, and then I'm uh, I'm drinking a Four Corners uh, beer, an IPA uh, out of Dallas, Texas. And uh, it's called the L L Chingon, C H I N G O N. It's all right, and they have a little bit of a quality control issue. This is the second six pack that I've gotten where they didn't properly seal one of the cans in the pack. So like when you go to grab it, you can just feel that it's mm-hmm. not full, and and then it's flat when you open it up. So that's when you take it back, my friend. Well, and, and I bought it in Dallas, put it in the cooler, oh. drove back down to Austin. So, yeah, I wasn't going to drive three hours back up to Dallas to be like, hey, Trader Joe's, what the fuck? Do you think it's your fault? No, it's definitely not my fault. Okay. And, yeah, it was, yeah. No, it, it really, there's no way. 
All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're millennials. Hey, you said millennials last time. I'm not a millennial. I'm, I'm on the cusp. <laughs> I think I, I think you're f- f- freshly out of the millennial stage. I'm on the cusp. I'm, yeah. I'm, th- I'm 34. You're 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 35. Yeah. I know, but I don't know what I would. I'm not Gen X, so. Nah. I belong to the the blank generation. Yeah, you're a baby boomer by by heart. I think we're both baby boomers by heart. All right. All right. So next tune, you want to you want to keep keep moving? Yeah. Where are? Oh, yeah. You're so, you are up next. I'm up next, and we're we're at like 1985. We we entered into like the mid mid 80s with the Meat Puppets, and this next tune, I think everything everybody should know, um, no matter where you're from and who you are, because it was just like the, uh, it, it was like the seminal tune of the 80s. I think. Yeah, hit me. Yeah. So here we go. It, it, it's funny because it has a lo- little bit of a long intro that I don't I think they left out of like the videos and like the pop the pop chart version ah I hear it now yeah um, so this oh, guitar shit. lick yeah this is 825 826 this is not the radio edit no this is this is a this is a, a going for it edit uh, so but, but once you hear the guitar I think everybody knows it um right before th- this will make sense I was going to pop this in chronologically but I saw from my uh, Rhino Records calendar the other day that August 1st, 1981, MTV began broadcasting. There you go. So yep, I want, I want my MTV. Yeah. So so this is, uh, MTV used this as, as a promo um, for those who, who are might be a little bit on the younger age. Back when they actually played music videos. Uh, this was like the, the one of the, the hit promos uh, when when they were uh, doing their own commercials there. Um, this is off the album Brothers in Arms, uh, and it is Money for Nothing by Dire Straits because we're trying to do the whole announcement thing. And a little bit of trivia mm. that I didn't know until recently: Sting sung on this track. Yeah. Isn't that that, that kind of tripped me out? Well, he's doing the "Don't Stand So Close to Me." I want my yeah, he's doing the falsetto parts. Yeah, uh, but which, but, it, but it's "Don't Stand So Close to Me." Yeah, I, I feel like he's ripping off. He's ripping off. The he's police, doing his own he? thing. You, you yeah, think, you think he's like he's he's just he's no. Like, I, yeah, I'll I think be, I'll be. yeah, I think he wrote that outro kind of ripping off a Sting vocal from a police song and had Sting come in to sing it just to be in on the joke. But I I don't I, I don't know that. Well, this is another UK band, so you know they might have. Yeah, Mark Knopfler, I, I I never knew he was British until yeah. I heard him talk. Well, you probably thought he was like New Zealand or something. No, I thought he was uh, Irish. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, South Wales. Oh, I forgot to mention the yeah, young Marble Giants, Welsh. Welsh. Welsh, yeah. But yeah, so I, I think this is this is a good good track for this this playlist just because it is kind of when I think of the '80s, this this is one of the tunes that I think of. Yeah, yeah, and way it's to kinda, 
Way well, to come funny. up with like the, the the most ubiquitous song of the '80s on the playlist. Yeah, well, no, no problem. That, that's what I'm here for. And I, what and about I like actually... Van, Van Halen, Panama, or uh, Michael Jackson, Thriller? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you're you're lucky I didn't add any Van Halen here. <laughs> you're lucky I didn't add any uh, any Van Halen with Sammy. Yeah, we really didn't set any parameters for this, but for some reason we ended up staying away from the hair metal and. Yeah, there could have been some uh, Def Leppard or Motley I, well, Crue. I mean, if if it were up to me, this whole thing would have been some Bay Area stuff. That would have, yeah. That would have just like, I just know, but I yeah, I, I would have sent you like the audio file of my uh, microphone, and it would have just been like, "Hey, John, there's, there's nothing on here," and it's like, "Yeah, I got nothing to say about that." <laughs> I, I I don't I don't want to listen to a 12 minute track from uh, Metallica right now. Yep. So yeah, so this this song, uh, it, it's just a it's just a cool tune, and I think it's it was also took the place. I had two two songs that I that I always think of, uh, and the other song was that uh, the Huey Lewis tune, uh, "Harder Rock and Roll." Yeah, and I and I chose this one because of the the whole MTV cultural significance. That's uh, good, and then I had the factoid about MTV's first uh, air date. Yeah, and so it all worked out. Yep, and it's, uh, it's synchronicity, too. Mm -hmm. And this song uh, was a Grammy winner. Jay, you're just gonna let the police joke just slide by by like that? I got synchronicity. I, yeah, I am gonna let it. Slide. I need a laugh for affirmation. Here's the thing, we ju we just talked about uh, the wives being out of town. I made four puns last night with my wife, and she dogged me on every one of them. Mm. And so I'm, I'm not in the mood. I thought you were talking about wives being out of town. I made four puns last night to Bruno, and he just nothing. <laughs> my, my dog didn't even look at me. <laughs> he just went, no, leave me alone. So, what do you what do you want to do? You want to listen to the rest of the rest of the tune the, the next no, six, I, I, six I minutes of this, I or got, do you want to? I think I got what Mark Knopfler's going after here. Just such a such a good such a good track, but but I'm, I I am nothing. excited I am excited to get to the next song. So let's go ahead. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's move on. Skip forward, and for your listening pleasure. Ooh, nice transition. I think this is one of those one of those songs that people are kind of on the fence about until they hear the chorus. Well, do you know his version or do you know Rod Stewart's version? That's that's what I'm talking about. So I think Rod Stewart made it popular, right? Yeah. Like Rod Stewart brought it to the masses. I honestly, like until I got Rain Dogs about a month ago on record and hit, you know, the end of the record, this song came on. I was like, is he covering a Rod Stewart song? <laughs> uh, can you turn it down a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Right there, that that's when people go, oh, yeah. okay, I get it. 
so good. And I just looked into the guy that plays guitar on this. His name's uh, Chris Spedding, which is. I, I feel like maybe some people will hear this and be like, yeah, duh. You know, he's just like one of the best studio guitarists of all time, but he's just a guy that just keeps popping up on my radar. Um, he played with like Jack Bruce and Roxy Music. He played on Nilsson Schmilson. Like, he's just like one of these dudes that's just been on every. I mean, not every, but a lot of great records. Yeah. So it was so he's kind of like a, a solo wrecking crew. Yeah. Yeah, he was with Roxy Music in the mid '70s um, after Brian Eno left. Yeah, the Nilsson Schmilson, I think Son of Schmilson. I think he played on those two. Um, and then yeah, and, and he really he got on my radar just because I really got into the first two Jack Bruce uh, solo albums, the bass player from Cream. And just some of the guitar work just really stood out, and then I just started seeing that he's just been been on a lot of stuff. Yeah, no, it's funny. I, I mean, I didn't even. I, I guess I only knew the Rod Stewart version. And and this is one of the records I remember. I was telling you about my my local store, Crooked Beat, and uh, uh, talking to him about some Tom Waits stuff and. It's just a, it's a really weird thing that's going on with his with his vinyl and, and the availability of them. If you don't find them used, it's it's kind of a it's a it's a special gift if you find a a new Tom Waits record in a store nowadays. I've seen uh, I was in that half price books that we have down here, um, and there there have been some reissues of some of his things. I saw Swordfish Trombones a reissue, but I haven't looked into who put it out and how you know official it is yeah that, well i think yeah I think most of them are like uh are are foreign press houses that are putting them out i don't i don't oh, think okay. too many are coming from from the states so it's it's yeah. uh and, and when they do you know it's it's a kind of a hit or miss if if your store will get them yeah yeah this half price books they they end up having a lot of weird just questionable quality, questionable uh, licensing reissue kind of stuff. Like I saw some zombie stuff the other day that I thought was was something else, but it ended up being just some no-name label out of, you know, Ukraine or something that was putting out reissues. Yeah. Well, that I think I think like uh, that might have you know with with weights that's kind of like the the norm, but yeah, with something like from the zombies, it's it's a little bit more suspect but uh just real quick some uh something that i learned that you know that that song like with weights version didn't really go mm-hmm. anywhere um but rod stewart took it to a number three and then i think uh bob seeger did a version of it as well which, yeah which was like a like a 12 or a 14 or something lower in the charts but st- still top 20 uh which is pretty crazy to think that 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 songwriting talent is 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 kind of few and far between. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've been on on a weights kick lately. He's just one of those guys that uh, was a little intimidating to go back and try to figure out where in his discography I should be be starting with. But yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the great thing about picking up records. You just kind of pick it up and whatever you find, you find, and that's just kind of your starting off point. You don't have to really worry about doing any kind of research just whatever you you find you put on the table and if it catches you but but yeah after i found rain dogs i went to a record convention in san antonio and found two more records 
probably the titles just you know the covers jumped out to me just because I had Tom Waits on the brain, but yeah, um, yeah, Swordfish Trombones and I forgot what the other one was. It was a late '70s one, one that had a, a duet with Bette Midler on it, but that whole album was great too. With Bette Midler? Yeah. Was it was it the uh, soundtrack for Beaches? Nope. Tom Waits. I, I think Tom Waits wrote that soundtrack. No. Um, that's a that's a that's a bad joke. Cut it. I'm actually I'm actually upset with myself right now. Cut it up. Cut it, cut it up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, as always, John, if you ever find uh. The, the album Bone Machine, pick it up for me, and I will. Uh, I'll do something nice for you in the future. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I ended up selling that Rain Dogs just because. Yeah, it was like a library in Arizona. Bought it for like sixty-five bucks. So. It's because you're a flipper. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm a flipper. I just I don't actually like the vinyl format. I'm just all about taking advantage of a all about the money. business opportunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the that's Benjamins. What, that's what vinyl is, is, is opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, the next song is another one that's kind of kind of goes takes us back to, you know, the, the Tom Waits chorus might have been really familiar. The Dire Straits Money for Nothing uh, guitar lick is really familiar. And I think this next track just uh, it, it screams familiarity to most people uh, right off the bat. And so. Uh, this is Peter Gabriel's uh, Sledgehammer. So do you think you're going to stick with the live version on the final edit? Uh, edit or? Uh, I think we will. Yeah? Yeah, well, why I, not? I'm wondering what, I mean, I'm going to listen to it. I just want I, I don't think I've heard this live version before, so... The only the only bad thing from the live version is, is, the, is the lengthy kind of lead-in. But it has that horn section in the yeah. keys that, that really, like right there. And that's, that's like the beauty of Peter Gabriel. Like, I, I think a lot of his stuff throws back to that like soul, soul music from the 60s, which is just yeah. kind, of, kind of fun and like, like big band type stuff. And he's just such a, I think he's a great front man. I feel like this is kind of where I dropped off with him, and then I maybe picked back up. Oh, is there? They're talking over this? Oh, there might be a watermark on it, John, so we're going to have to put the real thing in there. <laughs> we should have to cut all this shit. It's going to um, be Peter Gabriel. Yeah, I'll, I'll, find, a, I'll find a better track and, and cut yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can. Okay, I'll I'll uh, I'll get it off a bit torrent so I send it over to you. All right. So yeah. So but yeah, Peter. Oh, so yeah. But anyways, yeah, Peter Gabriel just is just such a a strange one, just because early Genesis, early solo Gabriel, then I kind of dropped off in the '80s with him, and then. He did that passion soundtrack for uh, the Last Temptation of Christ, that Martin Scorsese movie that I love. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, even lately he's done some some cool stuff. Like early two thousands, he did a song for the Pixar movie Up or um, Wally. 
Wait, I thought you liked the uh, I thought you liked the passion movie that Mel Gibson did. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so he did he did he did stuff for Up. I don't think it was Up. I think it was Wall-E. The song I, the song's called Down to Earth. Are you talking I'm about? Pretty sure it was. Are you the, talking about Wall-E the, or Wale? Yeah, the rapper. Wale. <laughs> He's uh, he's done some work with uh, Lil Yachty. <laughs> yeah, Peter Peter Gabriel is the uh, he invented trap. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just find uh, most most of the things you know even after the Genesis stuff, I've always kind of had a little soft spot in my heart for him just from. Because I think he's a great frontman. And, and well, I mean, yeah, th- those early solo albums of his, like all, all the ones that were untitled, they were just... Right, I think they had arbitrary titles like Blur and... Like where he's in the car, like Salisbury Hill. and Yeah. Yeah, th- those things were great, but this this was off of So. And I just don't think... I don't know if I know this album all that well. So, so John, you and I... Uh... We probably first connected when we first started hanging out together years ago on film, more than more than music, right? Yeah. So, so you have to remember this video, all the cool stop motion and in and, uh, and, and effects that were taken. And this is like this is like one of the first videos that embraced the the music video. I saw you made a note about it. I don't remember the the music video. Oh my god! <laughs> He's like riding riding roller coasters. Sorry, Jay. I got nothing. All right, Trey Parker would be upset. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. It, well, it in in just an anecdote. It I think it has. Uh, it's the most played music video in MTV history. And I've never seen it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's what you get for just working at music stores your whole life. Yeah, I've definitely never seen this. I, I've pulled it up. I've never seen it. That's that's a lie. You're not being honest <laughs> I, with yourself. I mean, like, and you're not like, being I, honest I'm, with the American people. It's it's playing in the background right now. I'm I'm saying if I've even seen a frame of this, just like flipping through channels or just clips in some kind of uh, montage or something. Nope, never right. seen it. Well, don't don't worry about that anymore because because your your pick is up. Next song. Next song. Next song. I'm I'm happy you you. I'm happy you added this. Are you suspended in Gaffa? <laughs> yes, I am. If Gaffa means, uh, well, wait, I'm suspended in suspense. If that's if that's what you're saying. So, do you know Kate Bush? I know a little bit of her, but this this yeah. this was a little bit of a different. Uh, I've heard the name, and and I've listened to a couple things, but this was the first. Kind of one of the first things that made me go, huh. She's she's the Sia of the 80s podcast. 80s episode. You think she's she's like a little Sia mixed with a little Bjork? No, more that I... It was something that I put on just to be like, hey, Jay, just give this a listen. Just 
Just uh, see if you like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you've. Heard, I'm sure you heard the name, but yeah. Um. Yeah, Kate Bush, man. What can what, what can you say? I think I think he just uh, pretty much gave an inkling to uh, how you, me, and, and some of our closer friends talk to each other, and we just go, yeah, yeah, Kate Bush, man. I mean, dude, it's Kate Bush. Yeah, just check it out. Yeah, I mean, listen to this chorus though. Wait for it. Pretty good. Yeah, it's cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, you. I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah, she, she's kind of a, an outlier in this playlist. I mean, being the, I think she is one of two women we have. Yeah, and on top of being a, a female, and which you know we touched on a little bit in the last podcast, that it's not uh, intentional. I think I think we did pretty good on the last podcast with with our with our credit to the women, uh, but we will, yeah. you know, I think I think everybody here will learn that, that John and I do not. We we the what? That, there's nothing against the ladies in music with this podcast, dude. We love chicks, it, right? That's what that's what I'm trying to say, and I try to tell that to my wife and all of her friends all the time when they they come over and I play records they're like well, what about any female artists I'm like just, just well pick it like I got tons of records <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put it on me because I don't happen to play that or I don't feel like that that day but I'm just saying I think I think this is good uh, that we added it and it's with with some of the other stuff we've already talked about it's, it's like not it's, it's not uh symptomatic of the era at all like it's something that you wouldn't think came out in the 80s which is a great segue for this i think hold it hold hold on hold on i gotta i gotta pee don't don't yell at me i'm not yelling at you when you go pee I'm I'm, i'm gonna go get another beer Yeah, it's actually kind of a fun. We should use that as our intro. Yeah, actually, it's it's uh, already taken. By who? The um, chunky glasses. Oh, well, fuck those nerds! Don't. I <laughs> hear <laughs> stupid name for a podcast. Yeah, let me let me look in the mirror and think of something that I can call myself. Jay, what called the Black Vinyl Podcast? Yeah, do yeah. you see me looking like black vinyl? Uh, it's it's a record. It's black black <laughs> vinyl. Uh, it's a podcast. Yeah. So this track, give me some uh, tunes. Is 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 from a band that that both John and I uh, I 
think I feel confident in saying that we love. Uh, it's there's a spot, soft spot in our heart for for this band, and uh, it's the band Jellyfish off the record uh, Belly Button. The track is She Still Loves Him, and it's it's something much like Kate Bush that. It, it, it just doesn't feel like it should be from 19, 1989. Oh, yeah, I was wondering where you were going with that. Jellyfish is like Kate Bush. Just the... Well, just the melodies, the, the songwriting, the sensibility, uh, the feel, uh, the instrumentation. It's, it's very... Uh, it's, it's almost a throwback. You know, before throwback was a thing, uh, and I just, I just, I don't think there's anything that I've heard by Jellyfish that I can say. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, I, I think uh, Jellyfish and the Kinks are going to be a, t- a top ten, top twenty. Hey, we're going to have to censor ourselves a little bit, not talk about them so much. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and before we, we censor ourselves, uh, John and I were lucky enough this past March to see mm-hmm. uh, Jason Faulkner from Jellyfish play. Yeah. Uh, what did we see? We saw him twice, yeah? Play with uh, our Stevie Moore. Yeah, he was on this album. Didn't stick fantastic. around for Spilt Milk, the album from 91, I think. Yeah. But I just... The, one of the things that, that gets me about this song is it has that ballad feel, um, but it's almost like a constant building, and the, the song structure is not your typical song structure. The verses aren't your typical verse. And it's just a really cool song, and then there's this, a badass guitar solo. Yeah, I was going to dog on you for picking this song, because when I initially made the master list for this the king's half undressed was the song that i wanted to go on but oh yeah are you kidding listen to that harmony well and, and when i saw the title i initially thought of baby's coming back and i was like dude you don't think jellyfish is lame <laughs> well I think that there, there takes a little bit of swagger to, to make a song like this. Yeah, they were. This is showing up as 1990, Jay. Well, it was when I <laughs> thought about it, too. That's why I asked you, and then you kept I mean, it's a win-win. We get to listen to a good song and just hang out. I thought it was 1990, and you kept telling me, yeah, belly button, belly button. <laughs> and, then I, and then I even tried to look for the, I looked for the, I tried to look for the demos, but the demos weren't yeah, even, it like, came there's out no August game on the demos other than, like, 2015 or something. <laughs> so, what right, into the song. 90s? Fuck, I always thought this was 1989. Well, I don't know, I always thought it was, it was 90. I heard 90s at least. Damn. Yep. 
such a good tune. All right. Well, so we're going to wound, round, wound out. We're going to round out our list with a song that some of y'all might know from a film uh, from the 80s where a little Crew Jones did some BMX dancing with Mallory from Family Ties. And it's the real life of Send Me an Angel. This isn't the version I know. <laughs> no, you know the thrice version, probably. Guilty. Just take the guitars out of it, and you have this version. I, I thought this was a good one to add uh, for two reasons. One, because I love Rad, the movie. Uh, and two... Uh, it's funny that this was coming on the tail end of the 80s, and it's such a Is Rad that movie song. with the, the rollerblading down the hill with Jack Black? <laughs> no. What? That's, that, that movie's called Airborne. Oh, man. Rad is, Rad is a BMX movie, I not a... Trolled you so hard. Not a rollerblading movie. Well, you know, when... The best part of that movie is when Jack Black calls everybody. So Jack Moon, Black was in Rad too. Uh, no, I'm talking about Airborne. What's Airborne? You you got me on another thing. Airborne is the the goddamn rollerblade. So he was movie in with Jack Black. He was in Rad. And uh, and the and what's his buckets? Uh, but Seth oh yeah, Green. Seth Green was in Rad. No, Seth Green was in Air. Mm. Mallory from Family Ties. Oh, Michael Ties was J. Fox was in Teen Wolf. Teen Teen Wolf is a movie. Is a movie as well. Yeah, I'm just trying. There's to, a lot. I'm of just waiting for you to pick up on the fact that I'm fucking with you. No, I got you. I'm just. Can we pick more songs it. since we uh, messed up on the jellyfish? <laughs> You're done. No. Our wives are. We're gonna, we only we're have gonna leave it in. Now. I think it's fine. We're gonna leave it. We're gonna leave it in and be like, "Well, fuck, whatever." Jellyfish right. rules. Yep. I think it's fine. Right. And we're just gonna let. We're just gonna let send me an angel ride. Well, we got to put the thrice version at the end for the outro. No. Do you 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 want to do that? We'll we'll save thrice just, for that. Just to hear the riff. I don't know. I don't know what what pod what what podcast they would. Well, the not that song. Songs. But just the the songs you would uh, get a case of bush light and drive up to Towson for. <laughs> Man, I was there the other what day. What were we going to? Were we just going up to like a house party? Yes. Yeah. But we, I think, uh, I think we, we, you and I, on the hour and twenty-five minute ride, pounded a case of uh, Natty Light or some sort of shitty beer. Might have been Bush, but we had the the band van, uh, and and you were in the, and I remember looking in the back, and you were in the back seat headbanging the whole time while drinking. So that was fun. 
All right. Well, that that was uh, that was the eighties. Whoa. Good eighties music. Whoa. Dude, it's right there in the title. How that, are you fucking it up? That's what I call. Whoa. Good eighties music. <laughs> now, whoa. Good eighties music. That's called what I. Yeah. No. No. And, and if if you have any. Uh, Feedback, you can save it because we had everything on that list. So that was basically everything that was good in the 80s. We didn't miss anything at all. All right, so hope you enjoyed that, the 80s episode from BLK Silence Makes Me Cry. Uh, just for the record, we do like the Chunky Glasses podcast, so uh, no offense to anybody with that. And we'll leave you with the thrice version of Send Me an Angel, just so you guys can hear some of those guitar licks. Uh, So enjoy, and we'll uh, catch you next time. Thank you.